This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And good evening and welcome to hour number two. Counting you down to LSU and Alabama where tonight the Tide and the Tigers will meet for the 81st time in this great series history in which Alabama leads 50 to 25 to 5 dating back since to 1895 and of course these two teams 1895 t-bob you you remember that year yes uh, well no i don't but there's something historic probably uh maybe that happened in that as we talked about with the Ole miss game even though this wasn't played as consistently as the Ole miss game in the early years right from 1895 to 2016 that span of time the amount of change that we've seen i think it's unrivaled by any other time period in human history and that's what really fascinates me is that this game is still being played that's a testament not only to the game of football and to how much people love college football really it's even a testament to the country itself that it's been so stable that despite all these changes despite world wars despite uh, crazy innovations that still we gather on a saturday to watch alabama and lsu square off i mean this is deke if you are a college football fan this is the premier environment. It quite literally does not get better well, than what you're going to experience both during the day-to-day tailgating on campus and then especially when those lights come on in Tiger Stadium. Other than the BCS and playoff national championship game, it is the only, I want and I'm, I'm thinking it is the only college football matchup that has been featured in prime time for six straight seasons. Oh wow! Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yes. CBS six years in a row has chosen six straight years in a row. So the whole whole world, whole, whole nation is watching it. T. Bob, one thing obviously that we focus in on is something that we have felt, and uh, the last few seasons has been the big difference in this has been the battle up front in the trenches. Yeah. Let's jump on in right now as we take a look. Alabama's front, led by Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, and Dalvin Tomlinson. Now, LSU's front on the offensive line, as we heard Coach O say earlier, and we'll hear him later, this is as healthy as LSU has yes. been up front. On the left they have, side. They have their top six available for the first time yes. this year. K.J. Malone, Will Clapp, Ethan Posick, Josh Booty, and Toby Weathersby. T-Bob. And or Maya Tahuma on that right tackle. It's a little up in the air as to who will start and how much they'll play there. Let's t- let's focus in on the front interior. Now, yeah. taking tight ends out of it, LSU's five interior offensive linemen against that front of Alabama. Well, okay, so here's the deal. There's talk about that Alabama front that this might be one of the best ever assembled, right, for, for throughout the entirety of college football history. So just on a just on paper, you don't match up all that well because nobody matches up all that well with Jonathan Allen right now. No. This dude is making a legitimate case for Heisman as a defensive lineman. Remember, Deke, there's never been a D-line winner. There's been, I think, two that came in second or at least top 10 but nobody's ever won it jonathan allen is making that case currently however i i i've been very critical of this lsu line this year is my biggest question mark entering the season and because of some plays that stick out in your mind like the 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 busted uh block at the end of the wisconsin game that led to the interception i think i was maybe over critical of this offensive line because earlier in the week 
I really felt like I didn't know how much of a chance they had against this Bama front. But when you look at the numbers a little closer, Deke, this O-line has performed well for the reputation that it's gotten. It's performed better than the reputation that it's gotten. They currently lead the SEC in yards per carry, averaging 6.94. Remember, both Darius Geis and Leonard Fournette are averaging over eight yards a carry right now. And they're 19th in the nation, having given up just 11 sacks. And and I think if we brought up this point yesterday when you and I were speaking on fans and the pros that, you know, at the onset, it's almost like, okay, we, you hear a lot of people talk about the college football playoff poll. Okay, we will we beat their team. Well, their team in there good. Okay, well, when we beat them, they were ranked number two or number three. At the time, LSU beat a play in Wisconsin. Wisconsin was not a top 25 yeah. team. Yeah. Okay, when LSU played Auburn, Auburn was not a top 25 team. Yep. Well, turns out these are not only two top 12 teams right now. These are two teams that have two of the best defenses in the country. So we were putting LSU's offensive performance yep. against two of the better defenses, and those two performances came against two of the better defenses when there was a different mindset yes. and there was yes. different schematics from a standpoint Much what LSU was going to do offensively in fairness to their offensive line. Now, when I look at Alabama's defensive line, Overall, overall, from when they had Reed last year and Ashawn Robinson, I don't think they are as good as they were last year. I think they are. They have a chance to be as good, but I don't think there's one. There's one player, even Robinson and Reed, as good as they're doing the pros. I think Allen is better on this line as an individual yeah. than anybody was on that line last year. I think they're better at rushing the passer this year. I mean, well, or, yeah, or, yeah, or, I, or, I or say, they're the same. Either way, they're still incredible rushing the passer. Tim Williams, Baton Rouge native, one of the reasons why you need to win these games, try to stop that from happening. But Tim Williams currently has six and a half sacks this Bama team. What does Allen have? Six, somewhere in that range. Right, right. Uh, but you're absolutely right in that maybe, mm, well. And I, they, I, they, that, they, may, that may be a little bit because I just, I really, I, I really thought, I thought highly of Robinson, and I thought highly of Jaron Reed. And, I mean, you look well, at what and they they're were doing. Well, they were run stuff. Right, and they, you're doing they, what they're yes. doing at the, pro, at the pro level, and they just gave LSU fits and all, so all year long. And so I was tempted week. to say they that know. Bama's rush defense isn't as good this year. But the numbers don't quite bear that out because they're only giving up 70 yards per game. They're mm-hmm. first in the country by a wide margin. But they don't have the extreme depth that they have last year. They still have depth. But remember, last year they had a 12- to 13-player rotation where there was seemingly no talent drop-off. And it, it, well, that's just like an antidote to a, a, a rushing attack that's trying to hit you because the, the goal of a rushing attack is to wear them down throughout the course of the game, right? Runs that are two and three yards at the beginning, all of a sudden at the end they're hitting seven or eight yards because you've eroded that defense. Well, last year Alabama was able to rotate so consistently. LSU was so unable to stay on the field that that never took place. That's where Danny Etling comes into play. And mind you, look, for Etling to do his job, for Fournette to do the job, for the receivers to do their job, you're right. It's all going to stem from that offensive line. But let's assume that the offensive line holds their own. They don't have to dominate, but they have to hold their own. Danny Etling is the key to then allowing the running game to wear Alabama down. Not just because deep passes can unlock this defense a bit and force them to not be on such a hair-trigger run response, uh, but also converting first downs, extending drives. One thing LSU was abysmal with these last two, uh, all right, two of the last three Alabama games was staying on the field, controlling the clock, getting extended drives. And when they've been able to do that in these last three games, Deke, you see how you see the dividends all over the field, both on the offensive and defensive side. So that's Etling's main contribution to me today 
is extending drives and giving LSU a bit of clock control. Well, and, and also too, you have to look at LSU can ill afford to get you know get in in the in the situation. The early downs are going to be key in the contest. Whatever they decide to do, you know, third and manageable for LSU uh, historically has been you know you want to have it under five yards. They they have a little more wiggle room now because they're doing some different things. Well, and they but can, they, they Alabama have... Alabama knows they know already that LSU is going to have to use two on Allen, and they're going to have to use two on Williams. Now, can LSU, whether they chip or what they do, especially in rushing situations, what do they do? And it's all right to use two because those guys, are, they're space eaters, they're double-team guys, but can, when you are using those two, whether you're using some extra help, tight end, whatever, can you make sure you're blocking them? That That is the key because you, very seldom does anybody block these guys one-on-one. I mean, there's a reason why they're both in the top ten in all-time sacks in Alabama history. Yeah, no, and and look, that's that's the great challenge for LSU, and that's kind of the great unknown. You want to? Can we bring in? Uh, A- absolutely. Okay, let's bring in Big West neighbors. This is Connor Neighbors' father. West also hosts the show. Uh, want to help in me out here with, in Huntsville, Hunt, Birmingham, Huntsville, Birmingham. Yeah, all right. Gadsden, yeah, absolutely. The neighbors' family, Alabama royalty. Right, I mean, through generational royalty. Connor's mm-hmm. grandfather was an All-American for Bear. Uh, Big Wes here was in Bear's last recruiting class. Connor's older brother was a special teams captain, played at Alabama. And uh, then Connor came to LSU. So that's how I met Wes. But nobody's as dialed in to the tide as this man right here. So what do you think? We're talking O-line versus D-line. Can LSU's offensive line, they're not going to dominate Alabama. Can they hold their own? You know, it, that's going to be – that's the – to me, the question of the game. Yeah, because if they can't, then then I don't think with the you have to have a very dynamic quarterback. Yep. But you have, if they can control just the line of scrimmage, not dominate it, but just control it, it gives them a shot. And I think they're going to have to do some different things. But yeah, I, I overheard you talking about the ninety R ninety three. Talking about they're going to have to double team them. That's the, been the big thing. People have double teamed them and haven't been able to do it. Yeah. And, and the key is uh, stay ahead of the change. So, you know, I'm sitting here looking. Of course, I've been – I pulled for LSU in this game. I pulled for Alabama in this yeah. game. It's really a weird <laughs> yeah, deal. right. I bet you have. And, 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 of course, Wesley's still on the staff. And, yeah. And, uh, and, and, and high up on the staff now. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm wanting Alabama to win this game and win another national championship for my son. So, but I've been asked, how do you beat Alabama? And one thing – that I think it's important to do is LSU just to throw it short. They yes. don't have to hit the big play. Mm-hmm. You want to do throw the big play. Don't turn the ball over doing it. But throw the backs out of the backfield. Texas A&M hurt Alabama in the game uh, with the back out of the backfield. And there, I don't. In my opinion, LSU has two of the best backs. And it's the best tandem, maybe in the entire country. Yeah, I think. I think I, so too. I mean, I you know, Coach Saban thinks so. So yeah, and. Uh, and Emperor Saban's word is law. We know well, how y'all well, operate I mean, over there. Well, I, I just think he's he's got a pretty good reputation of going And I think there's validity there, but I think when you look, the, the, the challenge, though, is that, you know, how can LSU do that? And their backs have not been called on to do that as much, certainly as what A&M's backs are as well. well you're going to have to get out of your comfort level to win yeah. this game. Yeah, right. I mean, you have to keep Alabama off, off balance. Texas A&M. Actually, their backs dropped. They were open four times, caught it once for a big play. I mean, it was 20-something yards, was open the other three and dropped it. You know, Big West, I got a question for you, man, because uh, 
you know about Saban's preparation. You're the one who told me about him getting the sports psychologist to study the LSU team before that national championship. So it, he strikes me as a person who loves data, loves information, loves to then use that data pr- to predict tendencies. Oh, no he question. had Les Miles figured out to a T by the right. end of their battles, right? That, that much was obvious. Well, right now, he has three games of data from which to pull on what ends me and Coach O, what their tendencies are going to be. That's a pretty small sample size. Do you see that as an advantage for LSU? I, I think it is. I think playing in Tiger State is a huge advantage. Yeah. This is the game I think will be their toughest game, and, 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 and if they're able to win it and go on, they'll, have, they'll play some better football teams. I think total teams. There are some holes in this LSU team they haven't had in the past. Have you ever remembered questioning whether LSU might not be able to block Alabama? I don't. I mean, no, I mean, you know, you know so, so, so I think where that comes from last year, we were like, oh, this LSU offensive line is amazing. This Alabama defense line is amazing. Something's got to give. But we all felt confident that LSU was going to assert themselves. Not only did they not assert themselves, they got straight up whooped. So I think that's where that kind of yeah, and I remember, insecurity yeah. arises from. Right. And, and I think that, that I saw coming in the game having – kind of look at both sides i'm for both teams i pull for you know that i pull for yep. both teams yep. every week yeah and, and it's been a, a quandary a rare, and i watch rare breed. yeah i'm very rare <laughs> i know that yeah i i i, I there most people a lot of people don't like me on both sides because of it but you know i think that the same quandary i knew that Postic was going to have trouble being six seven blocking yeah. blocking yeah. uh deron Payne. so you know nobody talks about deron Payne. he is the best nose guard in the sec wow watch him Okay. He makes plays all over the field. And, and and that makes sense, right? Because if you're not watching those games, the nose guard is one of those inglorious positions. Right, exactly. It's, they're doing the dirty work. They're freeing up the linebackers. They're clogging up all the works in the middle. Uh, but yeah. they rarely get the attention of the stats. And, and Posick played really good last year, but he had trouble with Duran. We watched it. I mean, and, and, and like we said, LSU's offensive line is going to have trouble. It's just a question of can they do gotta, enough. Got to stay ahead of the chains. Listen. Uh, Alabama's been gassed early by every team, almost, with plays at times. Yeah. And, but it's it's key for Leonard to take it yard. Don't get in the red zone with Alabama. They present huge problems in the red zone. I mean, they, they've been tremendous. This is the best Alabama's team from last year to uh, – from last year's off week, then the LSU game, to this off week. That run is the best run I've seen at Alabama in 20 years. 20 wins in a row, right? Yeah. Is that, is that, is that, now, is that? can they keep doing it now? Yeah. And you, and what you said is absolutely right. The unknown is what LSU has. You know, they, they have uh, – there's not a lot of film, as you, yeah. as you said. But it still comes down in the end to win the game is blocking and tackling. No doubt about Some it. Some things never change. It's neighbors, yeah. man. Big West. Pleasure to visit <laughs> with you. You hear? No, West, tell the people uh, about the show. Where, oh, where I'm, I'm on uh, – uh, five to seven every day, okay. Monday through Friday. Actually, did my show yesterday from Bourbon Street. It was oh, awesome. Right on. <laughs> uh, um, Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So, yeah. but uh, we're on in Gadsden, and ninety-nine-one in Birmingham, and ninety-seven point seven the zone in, in Huntsville, and goes up into Tennessee. And we're having a good time. You know, I I, I did this to advertise my business. For I was going to do it for four months, and that was four and a half years ago. So <laughs> I enjoy it. Yeah. It's, and you know what a time I started when one son was at Alabama, the other son was at LSU. And, and probably it's turned this to, in my opinion, the greatest rivalry of the last decade. It's not even close. And that's why LSU needs to win today. they got to bring huge, back a yeah. little evenness to that rivalry. And, and, and this is a game that I predicted Alabama would lose earlier in the year. Um, 
We'll have to see. We'll see. <laughs> Thank you so much. You here? Big Take West. Care. All right, West Neighbors. All right, coming back, a lot to get to, including our game preview, plus our conversation with LSU coach Ed Ogeron. We'll get you caught up on some scores. Breaking down LSU and Alabama tonight right here on WWL. And welcome back. Counting you down to LSU and Alabama tonight right here on WWL Radio. A gentleman that's been with me since 2005 when I talk about Alabama athletics. And it's been a pleasure to be having with me with the relationship we've had because uh, he brings the best information comprehensive it's senior analyst for BamaOnline.com, travis ryer joined us now travis thank you so much for being with us and travis i can remember the first time i had you on it was when jamarcus russell threw a touchdown pass i want to say it was in overtime in bryant denny stadium and that's when uh i think mike shuler went what did he do? With ten and two that year, I think y'all beat Texas Tech in the bowl game. But that was the—I think that was the first season you and I started that year. Roman Harper was on that uh, Alabama team. It's been a while though. It's been a while, Deke. And you know, when you think about it, that 2005 defense at Alabama probably's never gotten its just due. It was a very, very good group. You had D'Amico Ryan, you had Roman Harper, you had Mark Anderson. Um, certainly not maybe the caliber of some of the defenses we've seen here of late at Alabama, but right. pretty doggone good, and it's all right. Travis, now uh, T-Bob and I were just talking about the offensive and defensive lines, and, and I was saying, you know, when, when you've got defenses at a, at a high level winning championships every year, and, you know, it's hey, hey, six one way, half a dozen the next. But my, my point was is that I, I think that last year's defensive line, I don't know because I was more of a fan of them, with Reed and Ashawn was was a little deeper, but the play of Jonathan Allen right now is just he, he's just playing on a, he's elevated his game he's on another level if that makes any sense because he's playing on such a high level he just stands out more where I thought last year that D line was a little bit more balanced even though it's as dominant as they are this year. Yeah, and they need Allen more this year. I think you're right. Last year you were rolling in with Jaron Reed, uh, Jaron Reed and Ashawn Robinson, mm-hmm. you know, before you even got the guys like Jonathan Allen. Well, this year they needed him to become more of an every-down dominant player, and he's done that. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And, uh, you know, look, if the guy doesn't need shoulder surgery after the end of last season, he may have come out. So that worked out pretty good for Alabama. Who knows? Maybe he would have come back anyway. Um, but the fact that he had to have that shoulder fix was probably a good thing for Alabama. Senior analyst for BamaOnline.com, Travis Ryer, is with us talking about the undefeated number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide tonight, seven, a shade after 7 p.m. kickoff uh, against 13th ranked LSU in Death Valley. Uh, Travis, well, we talked about this, uh, you know, a year ago. A guy, when you look at Alabama's defense coming into 2016, uh, wasn't a returning starter, but he's, uh, you know, one of the time, all-time sack leaders and uh, continues to climb that list, Baton Rouge native, played right here on this campus at U-High, and Tim Williams. Uh, talk about how he, he is such a big key in this defense. And, you know, when it's, it's pressure to be brought, he's generally one back there in that backfield close around that quarterback. He is. Um, he just has that natural ability uh, and that explosive first step off the edge that you got to have to get after the quarterback. But, you know, he benefits, too, from the presence of Allen, from the presence of Ryan Anderson. Um, it's not just one guy, but if you get in third and long, Tim Williams is a guy you're going to have to deal with. And that's why it's going to be important tonight for LSU on first down to have some success. I know I've talked about it. I know other people have talked about it. Maybe LSU throwing more on first down. Well, if they do that, 
They need to make sure they complete them because yeah. Yeah. Uh, third and long isn't isn't good at all. But second and long get much better against this defense. And Travis, obviously, you know when you talk about uh, the quarterback of a defense is on the back end, but but the absence of Jackson, what he did, scoring touchdowns, making play calls back there. How how have they played without him? And uh, you know, is is it enough time? You think for them to to get an adequate? Uh, I mean, I, to say that they have talent back there, we all we all know that, but you just can't substitute that type of experience and that guy that's been starting back there and had as much success at him. Your thoughts on, on, on missing him? No doubt about it. I think the bye week came at a good time for him, but absolutely, you're talking about a veteran player, a senior, a guy that's not only played safety deep, he's played corner. So he has a great understanding of every spot in that secondary. It's not just safety with him. He knows where the corners and the nickel and the dime exactly where they're supposed to be. You're going to see Minka Fitzpatrick at safety tonight, and I think he's capable. Hasn't played as much football, though, at this level as, as Eddie Jackson, and you know, I think it helps them this week, too, that they'll probably be in their base defense more tonight against LSU. And in doing that, um, you know, they should still be pretty, pretty good. I think where you miss Jackson, where it could hurt him the most tonight is in the punt return game. And not just because he's a big play threat, D. He did a great job of judging footballs on punts and limiting roles, you know, and, and keeping punts from being 50-yard punts and making them 36-37 because of his judgment. Yeah, and look, in, in this matchup, it seems like field uh, field position is always critical. So that ability to judge punts then gets, gets emphasized even more. Uh, Travis, what's been the local talk concerning the coordinator matchup with Lane Kiffin and Dave Aranda? It's kind of odd. You don't often see a coordinator matchup that is this uh, highly touted. Yeah, T-Bob, I think it's uh, why you, you bring in Dave Aranda if you're yeah, LSU. Um, this, this, is, this is the game games that you, you bring him in here for, and I don't think you'll find anybody probably in the coaching business that doesn't think a ton of the guy. But, you know, I think Aranda more than obviously, uh, although Wisconsin defense this year looks pretty stout, but obviously in terms of talent he has at his disposal, you know, that's, that's the biggest difference, I think, with, with the matchup this year too is that, I think they've got a guy that is uh, a rising star in the business, and they've got the talent to go along with it. And that's why I think tonight's going to be pretty much a struggle for both offenses. Yeah. Um, because I think the coordinators, Jeremy Pruitt, Dave Aranda, you know, two of the very best guys at, at their spots in college football. But, you know, let's not hit ourselves. You know, they both have a lot of next-level type talent to work with, too. Travis, everybody out there tuning in, want to get some last-minute notes, get rehearsed on the tide, people breaking down tonight's contest, point them in the right direction. Just go to BamaOnline.com or Alabama.247sports.com. Either way will get you up. Travis, uh, your, your take, uh, Mississippi State, uh, 600, over 600 yards of offense, nearly 400 rushing on A&M. And, and not that it was hard anyway. A&M would have needed Alabama to lose twice uh, to have a shot uh, down the stretch, head up with them. But A&M falls hard today in Starkville, 35-28. to 28. Didn't make any sense to me. <laughs> you know, I did not see that one coming at all. But I guess that's life in the SEC West, right? And, you know, we talked about it before. How are you built – to sustain the long haul because it is a brutal haul. And, and we can talk about the SEC being down, but there are still only a couple of teams in this league that in terms of roster are built for this kind of grind. And two of them are going to play in Baton Rouge tonight. Well, we just talk personnel now. 
And I think what we see time and time again is that, you know, the, the, the war of attrition sort of takes place and um, teams just can't sustain it. That's the only thing I can equate today to, that A&M just, just hit the wall here in the 10th week or so. Senior analyst for BamaOnline.com, one of the best in the business, Travis Ryder. Travis, how can people keep up with you on Twitter? Thank you, D. Uh, I'm, on, I'm on Twitter, at Travis Ryder, at T-R-A-B-I-S-R-E-I-E-R. Travis, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Enjoy this game tonight. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right, All right Travis, Travis take it easy, it. man. Well, LaFont, Abad, the boys from the Bayou, yeah. they, they have oh, taken yeah. care of us. Yeah, so yeah. They sent me the menu earlier this week. They we said, talked about it yesterday. Oh, oh, yeah, we did. We talked about it yesterday. Actually, we got the councilman to make a guest appearance. He called the show earlier this week. Huh? Council District 8, to be exact, <laughs> there, Mr. LaFont. They had fried uh, griots. They had fried shrimp, soft-shell shrimp, uh, soft-shell crabs, chicken, fried jambalaya, uh, everything, thighs, oh. they had all. They took care of all of the t oh, Sorry, I started to uh, yeah, they, they they drool, the, drool they bought, a little bit there. They bought the brass out. You know, this is this is this is not a Jacksonville State menu. This is, is not a Jacksonville State menu. That's this is not a Jacksonville State campus. To no. be sure, I mean, no. this is the first time where. Okay, so we start pretty early. We're generally what five hours before the game when we start. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, tends to be yeah, about what it yeah. is. This is the first time where everybody's already been posted up. The traffic's already been nonstop. Like, this, this, it already feels congested, and it's only going to get more so the closer we get to kickoff. It's a hostile environment. I cannot wait to see what that Tiger Walk's going to be like later, man. Because I remember Florida in 07 when it was just a sea of people as far as the eye could see with yeah. Tebow and company coming to town. And that was a legendary game. And this appears to be even more highly anticipated than that one was. So the the atmosphere, like, like we talked about earlier, a, a lot of people's favorite part about college football is the pageantry, the setting, right? The exotic sights and Tailgate smells and food, songs. Yeah. The, these, these groups from different regions and wearing different clothes. It's like a medieval tournament day. I've talked about it all the time. Yeah. Well, this is like being in the premier tournament. This is not a local region one. That's like the Coliseum in Death Valley. And this, this is where you want to be if you're a college football fan. This is... Well, the height of the sport. Thanks to our official food provider crew, the boys from the Bayou, LaFont, Aban, and all their crew for hooking it up big time for us today, as they always do. We're so gracious and grateful to them. Jeff Palermo, columnist at WWL.com, Louisiana Network Sports Director, is here with us now. Jeff, it's LSU and Alabama. Jeff has his keys, his things to watch up online at WWL.com. Uh, they're saying, Jeff, uh, you know, you can send out a ton of press releases. You can leave early on Lombardi time, whatever. But I don't know if you could uh, really prepare for exactly the unknown. And today was an unknown is how many people actually will come out. And from uh, all accounts we're hearing, there's record numbers of people are still trying to come in, people getting here. This is the place to be, and uh, people just filing into campus. Yeah, it is. Uh Deke, this is uh, this is the game we look forward to every year, right? I mean, it, it's as big as it gets. Um, you know, for uh, these two teams, it, you know, for LSU, it, it really has been the game that's kind of defined their season. So um, that's the way you have to look at it again this year, and the fans get really fired up. And I think LSU fans feel uh, a little more confident about this game than in maybe previous matchups with Alabama just because they feel that, they got the momentum here with Coach Orgeron and a bit of an unknown, too. You just don't know exactly what you might see from Coach Orgeron or Steve Ensminger. 
You know, Jeff, sometimes it looks on who you're playing, the matchup, and your opponent, depending on what type of emphasis is put on something. And if you're breaking down things, obviously you're saying, okay, well, you got two great defenses. Alabama's going to get the ink because of what they've done and so forth. LSU has actually given up less touchdowns, eight, which leads the nation this season. And uh, seemingly, not by anyone's account, but because Alabama's defense and what they've done in the nine offensive touchdowns this season, they've done so well. LSU's defense in this matchup has not gotten as much seemingly attention. At least that, that's my opinion. But this Tiger defense has been playing extremely well, and they play a crucial role in tonight's contest. Well, and I think one of the reasons why maybe they haven't gotten as much pub as uh, Alabama won, the Tigers started the season off 2-2. Two and two. two, I don't know if uh, LSU, the type of offense that LSU has played, it's not like they've gone up against any juggernaut. Sure, Auburn's rolling now, but when – LSU faced Auburn earlier this year. They were having a hard time getting it rolling, and Wisconsin's offense is, is nothing uh, dynamic either. So, I mean, LSU faced decent offenses, uh, but, you know, nothing like what they're going to face oh. here tonight with a solid running game and, and a dual-threat quarterback like Jalen Hurts. Jeff, uh, this this matchup tonight uh, on the defense, uh, when I look like a guy, you know, uh, going back a few weeks ago, LSU saw, which is, you know, statistically, and, you know, he broke the Ole Miss record last week, uh, but Evan Ingram, uh, they're facing another versatile tight end tonight and a guy like O.J. Howard. On that back end, a guy like Jamal Adams uh, on this on this secondary who's been very active, you know, what Trey White has done. But talk talk about the secondary and a guy like an Adams and and, a, and when you're looking at it, could he be matched up with a guy like Howard? And usually in, in matchups like this, uh, the quarterback is looking. We know Hertz doesn't throw deep downfield. Howard is one of his top targets. Uh, Jamal Adams figures to play big again into what LSU wants to do tonight. Oh, no doubt about it. And I think uh, for LSU, their star defensive players just need to they need to step up big. Uh, Kendall Beckwith needs to have a big game. Tre'Davious White needs to have a big game. You wish you would have a guy like Ricky Jefferson available for a game like this, a guy that's been involved in so many SEC games. So uh, not having a, a guy like that is, is uh, it doesn't doesn't help your situation. But uh, this LSU secondary, you got to love the way the corners have played this season. Dante Jackson, Kevin Dalver. Tredavious um, White, those guys have really matched up very well. Uh, not only you have O.J. Howard, you got Calvin Ridley as well, uh, the fantastic wide receiver for Alabama. So it, it, it's a test. It, it, there's no other way to, to say it. it. It's a big test for these guys. What will be interesting to see, you know, LSU's had a lot of success this year being able to affect the passer with just their their front four. Will they be able to do that here tonight? Are they going to have to bring some extra personnel to get the hurt uh, because of also his ability to scramble a little bit, uh, trying to contain him? Is that going to draw up defensive backs or, or, or whatnot? And then Alabama can make a take, maybe take a shot down deep or something like that. Uh, that that's also something to watch here in this game. This, this LSU defense has been kind of quietly good. I, I think it's even I remember even back in September, uh, you know, LSU fans weren't, weren't really exactly sure what they what they had. A lot of it was because LSU defense was on the field for uh, a long time in games against uh, Auburn and Wisconsin and couldn't get off the field necessarily on third downs. But these guys really turned it up a notch in October. Uh, they, they're really understanding what Dave Aranda is wanting for them. They're fresh. They're, 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 they're playing very fast, and it's been fun to watch. Jeff, uh, finally, before we let you go and get your pred- prediction, uh, uh, what 
concerns you most? What 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 matchup tonight worries you most on the LSU side of things? Well, I, I think it would be can LSU's offensive line uh, prevent Danny Etling from taking some big hits? Could they give him some time here to throw here tonight? Uh, I think that is the that is the big concern in this football game. Now, are they going to be able to do that? Um, you know, LSU's O-line is played, I think, better at home than they have on the road, so I think that's hopefully an advantage for them. But then again, uh, they haven't played a team like Alabama or that front seven that the uh, Crimson Tide has. So we'll see how the Tigers O-line holds up here tonight. Big game for K.J. Malone, big game, big game for uh, Maya Tehuma, the other tackle. Those guys are going to be really needing to be uh, as sharp as they possibly can, and Etlin's got to get rid of the ball as fast as he possibly can as well. All right, Jeff, as we roll out to break, your prediction, LSU and Alabama. Well, I think the ingredients are there to, to, some, to pull off an upset here for LSU. So, um, you know, I, I know most people got Alabama, and I can understand that, but I just think this LSU team has, uh, has a lot going for itself right now. I think Leonard Fournette can have a, a good game, and, and this is the game that uh, we were all anticipating it to be during the middle of the summer. LSU's got everything in place to, to knock off the number one Crimson Tide. It won't be easy. Maybe they win by just a field goal, 24-21, something like that. Jeff, how can people follow you on Twitter? At Jeff Palermo, LRN. Jeff, thank you so much. We'll see you in the press box. All right, sounds good, Deke. Thanks. All right, he's T. Bob Baby. I'm Deke Bellavia. Count you down to LSU and Alabama here on Tiger Radio WWF. All right, let's get you caught up on some afternoon scores. These are all games in progress right now. Late in the first half, number three Michigan cruising over Maryland, twenty-eight to zero. Number two Clemson, likewise, seven sixteen left in the half. They lead Syracuse twenty-three to zero. Number nineteen Virginia Tech, twenty-one to seven over Duke late in the first half. Uh, also late in the first half, number 18, Oklahoma State 21, Kansas State 16. It is TCU all over number 17, Baylor 31-7 to early in the second quarter. Right now, 7-15 left to play in the half in Fayetteville. It is Arkansas 14, number 11, Florida 7. Uh, late in the first, number 25, Washington Kentucky. State 24-0 to over Arizona. Earlier today was Mississippi State with 600 yards of offense, over 600 yards of offense, 35-28 to over number 4, Texas A&M. Uh, Lamar Jackson, seven touchdowns a day, four passing, three rushing. As number seven, Louisville takes care of Boston College, 52-7. Wisconsin is now 7-2 after a 21-7 win over Northwestern. Number nine, Auburn struggles, but they take care of Vanderbilt, 23-16. It was North Carolina, 48-20 over Georgia Tech. Later tonight, it is Kansas at number 20, West Virginia. 22nd-ranked Florida State is at NC State. Iowa is at 12th-ranked Penn State. In a big top ten matchup, number 10, Nebraska, is at number six, Ohio State. We'll take a look uh, in some uh, SEC contests here, too, as well. Gets caught up on the Southeastern Conference. As there's some uh, afternoon games. Is is Missouri and South Carolina early in the second, knotted up at seven apiece. Tennessee leads Tennessee Tech 28-0. And it is Ole Miss taking care of Georgia Southern 37-27. And tonight, still alive in the East, Kentucky is at home in Lexington against Georgia. And our matchup has LSU and Alabama. Let's look at your college football scores. Of course, T-Bob, we talked to Jeff Palermo giving his take, talking about the LSU offensive line. You were kind of breaking it down, too, as well. And then uh, starting at the top of next hour, we will take a look at the LSU defensive front against that Alabama offensive front, which, once again, T-Bob, features a couple of bookend tackles that will be highly 
coveted draft picks in the draft this year. Also, when you're talking about LSU's defense against Alabama's offense, I, and I know we talk about the Tiger offense the majority of the week because all the questions and all the unknowns, and that's where LSU struggled so much in the past. But if they're going to win today, so much of it, perhaps the majority of it, will be the defense shutting down the Tide's attack. So we'll get into it. And uh, there's a lot to like there, Deke, not the least of which is a true freshman quarterback coming into Death Valley, staring oh. into the maw of the dragon. And plus T-Bob Abad's prediction, our conversation with Coach Ed Orgeron and Mark Menard's game breakdown. Um, one more hour to go, and then we'll hand off to the LSU Sports Network, counting you down to LSU and Alabama, right here on Tiger Radio WWL. 